0: Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. No matter what time of day it is, where you live, or where you're located, right here, right now, you are with me, Laura Paget, And this is my podcast. It's called Living What You're Given. We are in the second season now of Living What You're Given. And as my first season was structured with various themes, for a few weeks or months at a time. That's how we're gonna do this season two. The first theme that we're gonna be looking at is going to be looking through the lens of choices. With the pandemic, we've all felt that our choices were limited, maybe even removed. But the fact is, friends, we still have many, many choices we can make. And we still have ways that we maybe need to make different choices. So in this series, we're going to be talking about making choices, and we're going to be talking about the fact that sometimes we get stuck in patterns where our choice-making is concerned because we don't know there's a different way to do things. So as we start this series, and we continue it for a few weeks, I'm hoping you'll gain some insight into your own choice making mechanisms. Because you know what? Sometimes it's just a matter of I just didn't know, and I may have made a different choice if I only knew. Welcome back in, friends, to Live in What You're Given, Season 2. I'm your host, Laura Padgett, and I'm very glad that you've decided to join me on this journey in 2022. And I am very grateful for some of the ideas people have shared with me about what they'd like to hear on this podcast. The podcast was developed with the name Live in What You're Given, the same name as my blog, by the way. Because we have situations in our life, it isn't just the COVID thing, it's lots of things, it's everything, it's parenting, it's working, it's marriage, where we have to find ways to navigate what's going on. Yes, we can be angry and we can be upset and we can be frustrated, and I'm sure we all have been, but we still have an obligation to ourselves, to our families, to our communities, to our countries to make healthy choices. And so I wanted to talk about that. This is a solo episode, and it will be followed by another solo episode, which I'll explain at the end of this show. But I think that one of the most important things for me is that I don't often rest enough in my very busy, crazy life to hear the voice of God and hear the options. That might be available. Instead, I practice oftentimes from what I've done for almost 70 years. I don't think I was doing these when I was two and three and four, but it could have been. Those things that I have found comfortable, familiar, easy. And that's how I just choose to do things. Or maybe it's because that's what everyone else does, or someone has influenced me to think that that's the only option available. I believe that happens very early in childhood, and we will have an expert with us in a couple weeks talking about that mechanism. But before I do get on with this show, I want to explain to you the piece of music, as I always do. That piece of music is called If You Only Knew, and it's here purposefully, as all my music is. That one's written by a gentleman named Stephen Ray Watts. He is the leader of Dazzero band, or that's oh, praise fellowship band, if you will. And his work is something that I've used on my podcast many different times. I also use the music of my son, Gabe Tafoya. But this particular song really hit me because it talked exactly to what we want to find out in this series. If we only knew, if we only knew but how do we know to do things differently? How do we know to do things at all? Well, I believe that it is structured from patterns that we pick up, maybe when how we're raised, maybe our culture, maybe our peers, maybe TV. Oh, my goodness. We can find lots and lots of input sources. But what if, what if, in making choices, it would be possible to go back An inventory, why we see, or I see, that is my only choice. I want to illustrate this to you. I did not grow up in a family that had a faith base at all. I grew up in a family where my father was of one particular religious persuasion, and my mother was of another religious persuasion. Now, they married and she had been divorced. So when it came time to consider kids going to some sort of religious instruction, they settled on going to my father's faith base, as that instruction is what they felt would be best for us. So when I was 10 years old, and my older sister was 12, my younger 8, We got all dressed up in our pretty frilly pink dresses, little patent leather shoes, white socks, hats, gloves, purses, the whole nine yards that were popular in the 60s, early 60s, for kids, little girls. And my father took us to a class. And we waited outside, and finally we were invited in. And he told the administrator, of the program that he wanted his children raised in the faith that he had been brought up in. Well, she looked at us, and she said, Well, we have some room for them, perhaps, but are you a member of good standing in this faith base? And my father said, I am not, and explained why he had been asked to leave that faith base because he had married a divorcee. Now, you might be sitting at this time thinking, oh, I know exactly who she's talking about, but I'm not saying which faith base it was. And believe me, in those days, and even still today, there are a lot of denominations that have restrictions on membership. He was told that because he was divorced, his children were not recognized. I want you to hold on to that word for a minute. Not recognized recognized. I don't know if it meant we were recognized as being humans. We were obviously, you know, bone and flesh and cytoplasm standing in front of them. But basically what we were told and what I heard was that I was not recognized in the kingdom of God. I was not welcome in the kingdom of God. There was no place for me because I, according to them, was illegitimate and not recognized. To say that those words, which were spoken in front of us, children, were not effective in making me choose to say, I will never be recognized or welcomed in to the kingdom of God, fellowship with his believer family, nor will I ever be one person that would be of value to God himself. When I was 10, it was sort of drilled into me at that moment. As I grew older, my life took a turn, where I chose, 10-year-olds don't choose, but I chose as an adult to believe that I was not recognized. It's an important word when you look at it, because to not recognize means to not see someone is invisible or something is invisible, and it is to dismiss. My father stood there, a proud Sicilian-American man, a man who had served in the United States Army, had fought for his country in Northern Africa, and had come home sick and debilitated and dying from more wounds. But he was being told that in his country, his children were not recognized by his faith base. Now, I don't want to hammer those people because as time went on, I was very fortunate in the town of Montrose, Colorado, where incidentally I live now, to meet people who were of the faith base. I would say under the umbrella, they weren't the same denomination, but they were people who had a faith that said, everyone's welcome, nobody's perfect, and nobody is outside the love of God. Not in this of course, because I had chosen, I made a choice to say, well, that's just not true. However, I was also blessed to meet Jesus and to find within his fellowship of believers a woman named Dolores who took my hand and took the assignment from God to mentor me. And believe me, this is not an easy assignment. This is one of the ones nobody would volunteer for because I was a little monster. Angry, you think? Destructive, oh yeah. Down the same path of not recognizing who I was, nor did I recognize where I was going. But God recognized. He saw me. And Dolores recognized. And two of my dearest friends who live here now in Montrose recognized and they stayed by my side, and they helped me to see that what happens in churches, my darlings, is done by people. And people are flawed. God is not. He has plans for us, as he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, to prosper. I'm not talking now everybody going to be a millionaire with a yacht. I'm talking about soul prospering, to be all that we can be, in him. As years went on, I guess I was about 26, 27, when my life began to change because I began to make different choices. And Dolores showed me that I had nothing but choices where God was concerned. I had nothing but choices where my life was concerned. And even in the areas where I didn't think I had choice, very much like today, there are still choices to be made. She also taught me that my attitudes about myself ripple out to be the attitudes about others. So if I don't recognize myself as valuable or important, how am I going to recognize you as valuable, important? How are you going to recognize other people who are valuable to God but may not be recognized because they don't vote like us? They don't look like us. They don't worship like us. They don't see things like us. They don't have the same political or judicial views. So therefore, easy to say, they are not recognized. Coming from the situation that I did has been a huge blessing in my world because I'm very careful when I am tempted to not recognize another person. All it means to recognize is to hear. Doesn't mean you have to believe it. All it means to recognize is to not dishonor another person by telling them you're not recognized. You see, I didn't know. What I didn't know about recognition of myself, Of others, but mostly about God and His plan for me. I hope that little story will stay with you. It has stayed with me, obviously, all these years, although it has morphed from a painful stab in the heart to a beautiful wound that reminds me I do not ever have the right to unrecognize anyone for any reason. I don't have to like everybody, and I'm sure everybody doesn't like me. But to not recognize another person is to wound a soul. And that is something I do not have the right to do. I know that I told you that in the beginning of this, that we were going to be talking to various people throughout the series One is a lady who's a licensed counselor who deals with people who have been wounded, sometimes by church, sometimes by abuse in other areas. And we're going to talk about what are the mechanisms? How are we taught to make choices? Why do we hold on to the idea that there's only one way to choose? There's only one road available. There's only one right. There's only one wrong. And there's no need to rest. Look at all options. Where is the urgency to make our decisions? Where does it come from? And lovely lady that she is has agreed to also talk to us about ways that we might want to inventory and possibly adjust our choice making. That's going to be in March. This particular podcast will only be aired on the second and fourth Wednesday of each month. And that is because I have a choice. What else to do with my life? Podcasting's a lot of work, friends, a lot of work. And I decided this wasn't something that I wanted to let go of, but it is something that I'm going to moderate so I can go back to doing some of the other things that I love. In March, that lady will be with us. But on the 23rd of February, I want to talk to you about a woman that I knew for 30 years, a lady who came into my life and taught me how to choose to be a pioneer in the world of dance. As a trained dancer, there were a lot of choices in my life. And this particular woman helped me to choose something I've always wanted to do, and that was to praise God in movement, sacred dance, liturgical dance. Praise dance, whatever you want to call it. The story of how we met is incredible, and the story of what she taught me about making choices to pioneer an art that basically was lost for, uh, gosh, centuries, especially in the West. Her name was Cheryl Uruso, and we lost Cheryl in January after a really hard-fought battle with cancer. But you know What? The lessons that she taught me, not only about dance, not only about praising God, but about listening to God and sometimes making choices that weren't easy, they weren't popular, but they were what I was being called to do. She taught me how to choose to listen to God's voice and not the voices of my critics. So, on the 23rd of February... Please be here with us. I want to honor this woman, her legacy and her life, and not only her choice to mentor me, but hundreds of people who danced with her and worshipped with her and learned from her and then took what we learned and shared it with other people in our communities and even in our country. My name is Laura Padgett. I am absolutely... Tickled that you're here. And I hope that you will be back with us the 23rd of February and that you will continue to listen into this series as we talk about choosing to learn how to choose. If you wish to reach out to me, you can reach out to me on my website, lauralpaget.com. There you will find podcast episodes. There you will find my blog. Also, as I told you, named Living What You're Given, because I kind of decided to make things simple. Good choice, I think. You can find out about the books I've written. I've written two books. One is called Dolores Like the River, which honors the mentor, Dolores, who brought me into the kingdom and understood that I needed to understand that I needed to choose not to believe I was not recognized. The other book is called Jesus in Shorts. There are 25 short stories. I like short stories. But these are 25 short stories of life-changing Jesus moments where God has shown me some things that just really blew me away, and I wanted to share them with the people who read my writing. So both of those are available on my website under the tab "Buy books. And there are other things there as well. Some of the uh, pictures of dance, some of the podcasts, as I said. My blog is there if you want to read some more short stories. And ways to contact me. If you want to contact me, my information is there. I'd be just absolutely excited to hear from you. And I have been excited to hear from people who said, hey, here's an idea for your podcast. Stephen Ray's link is also in the show notes. And you can reach him to see where his band, Dotsero, is playing, or how to get some of his music, how to connect with him. But in the meantime, I want to send you out today with a big heart of gratitude, saying thank you for tuning in, and thank you to those of you who have subscribed and supported my ministry in this podcast. If you wish to subscribe to the podcast, you sure can do that at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Subscription basically means just to follow and get notification of new episodes. You don't pay anything. They don't do anything with your information. But I also understand the uncomfortableness around that. So if you want to just send me an email, that's available on the contact tab of my website. Until then, my friends, I really look forward to the next time we're together And I can share with you the story of a woman who made a choice to help others make good choices. You know, if I hadn't met her, I would have never known what I now know about the dance and about the way of movement in worship. I'm so grateful I met her. I'm so grateful I have all of you. And as I move forward, I keep asking God, You know, I want to make good choices. And sometimes it's just a matter of knowing through a different lens. If I only knew, maybe I'd make a different choice. Until next time, go with God. Be blessed. Be a blessing. Bye-bye.